0: Uh, in this sermon series, uh, as we get into it, we are in a very uh, first week of this sermon series called November, And so we thought during the month of November, we would uh, take just a few weeks uh, to show in God's Word how Jesus... Uh, treated people in need. You know, obviously, through God's word, Jesus was drawn to those people in need. And so we should be that do the same thing. So in the month of November, we're going to uh, share with you some practical ways that you can do that. And then maybe you can even put a lot of that into practice beyond the month of November. And so, uh, but in this series, um, as we talk about um, people in need... You know, I don't know about you, but I get so easily distracted in life that I miss people's needs, and I'm going to confess that to you right now. I miss the needs of people that God has put in my life. Why? Because I'm distracted, whether it be, you know, things like uh, my phone, you know, or, you know, kids or that sort of deal, just life running people everywhere. You know, we get so easily distracted, and, and we're looking down, and we're missing things in life that are so important. Not only those closest around to us, but those people that God has strategically placed in my life and God has strategically placed in your life to where we are to, we have the hope and we are to help meet that need. And so we get so easily uh, distracted. Well, I'm gonna share with you a, um, a passage in God's Word. If you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. And if you don't have your copy of God's Word, no problem. We have the uh, scripture on the screen. And if you have the UVersion Bible app, the Bible app from Bible.com, you can go under live events and search for Lake Point Church, and we have everything there. And you can actually um, sign up uh, for events that we're, we're hosting, and also submit a prayer request. So we encourage you to do that. Um, but in this passage in Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10, we get, a, um, we get a story that most of you have probably heard before and have probably sort of skimped over. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've, as I'm reading God's Word, it's like, oh, I've, I've already, I know that story. I've been I've been knowing that story since I was a kid, and sometimes just kind of skip over that. But if you really read closely, which we're going to do today, uh, we're going to see what God's Word has to say about that. So Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, uh, if you read the context around this chapter, Jesus is going um, to Jerusalem is his destination, but he's walking through uh, Jericho, the city of Jericho. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. Immediately, I must stay in your house today. I don't know about you, but every time I read that, that song in Sunday school just keeps coming into my mind. You know, it's going to be in your head the whole day now. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be with the guests of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out on anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And then finally, Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of God came to seek and to save the lost." So, what what do we um, what can we learn from that to be like Jesus? If we are really going to take the next few weeks to show how. To show the love of Christ to those in need, what can we what can we learn from that? Do we do you go around looking for people in trees? Okay, if you're around my house, my kids are in trees all the time. But what is as we look at this, we can see there's one um, uh, actually there's five uh, points of the story. But the first one I want to get to is the fact that Jesus did not allow distractions to happen in uh, in his life. In other words, he responded to holy distractions. He responded to holy distractions. He, he, he did not let uh, lesser things distract him from, um, from talking to Zacchaeus, who was in need. Now, we're gonna talk about his need in just a moment, but as I said earlier, Jesus was not, he, his plans was to press on through Jerusalem. His goal, his destination was Jerusalem. He was just passing through Jericho. From Jericho to Jerusalem, we're talking 15 miles. And so he was passing through. And so his destination, his end goal could have been a distraction. How many times, and I've done this many times in my life, how many times have you had this, this goal, this distraction? Well, we're going to get there, and I'm not going to let this distract me. Men, when, when you're riding in a car with your family and said, we're going to travel the next 500 miles before anybody goes to the bathroom, Okay, And that's your goal, and you're not going to let anybody distract you, you know, from that. Uh, that's probably not going to work out too well. But Jesus, he did not allow his end goal to distract him from the things that were right in front of him. Jesus kept his head up. You know, Jesus wasn't looking at his phone, checking his social media, walking through the crowd, walking down the street, and uh, saying, man, here I am in Jericho, awesome crowd, I uh, love you guys. You know, but he was looking up and he noticed a man in a tree. Well, wow. probably a very nice, wealthy man, very nice dressed man in a tree. Seeing a kid in a, in a tree, not a big deal. Seeing a man in a tree, it's kind of different. So obviously, uh, Jesus allowed uh, those uh, holy distractions uh, to, to get his attention. When I say holy distractions, it means this. We have things in our life that God places in front of us that he wants to distract us from what we want to do. If we have an agenda in our life, we have an agenda throughout our day, and, uh, or if we're just distracted by just things in this life, God places holy distractions, things that he wants you to stop what you're doing and attend to this situation. And so um, many of you, and I know I have too, have probably have missed out on some holy distractions, distractions sent by God himself. So one lesson we can learn is be looking for those holy distractions that God puts in your life. Another thing we can look at is look past the profile. Look past the profile. And this is found through verses uh, 2 through 4. You know, Zacchaeus uh, was a a tax collector, as it said in this passage. And not only was he a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. And what that meant was was this. The the Roman government uh, used some of the local people, even people belonging to that race and that culture, that nationality, Jewish people, to tax other Jewish people. And instead of using their own personnel, their own soldiers to go around collecting the taxes, they would say, okay, well, if you want to be a tax collector, we need this much money uh, collected uh, from these people, and whatever else you want to add to that, you get to keep on top of that. Well, <laughs> if you're a tax collector, and if you, if you want to, uh, uh, say, collect $500, and you want to tack on another 100 from there, then you get to keep all of that. Sounds like a pretty good deal to the tax collector, but to the people, they, they realize very soon that that's how the system works, and it's very, very corrupt. And in fact, they saw Zacchaeus, even though he was a Jew, they saw him as the enemy, and not as a brother, not as one of them. And because of that, um, they um, treated him as an outsider. He was sort of part of the, the corruption, and I would imagine that little uh, little Zacchaeus, um, this little short man, w- was probably very very greedy, and usually from greed comes a little bit of a little bit of uh, you know anger, frustration, and that sort of thing because uh, people are paying their taxes. And so uh, usually when greed comes, other things like anger comes. So I guess you could tell that Zacchaeus was probably an angry elf. <laughs> So anyway, so Zacchaeus, who was, who was going around collecting these, these taxes above and beyond, he was truly an average man in his heart. Jesus looked beyond the profile of Zacchaeus and looked straight to his heart. How many times have you and I had an opportunity like a holy distraction in our life and we look at what the outside is and we don't want to touch it, we don't want to be a part of it and we fail to look beyond the profile to the heart of that person. And so Jesus looked to the heart. So the fact that Jesus climbed, the fact that Zacchaeus climbed a tree above the crowd says that he is searching for something. There are people in your life that God has placed in your life that they are searching for something. They're searching through this crowded world of confusion, watching for hope to walk down the street. If you are a believer in Christ, you have that hope. So allow the holy distractions to happen, and then look beyond the profile See through that to the heart. Another thing we found out through verse five is that Jesus was very intentional. He was very intentional with his interaction. You know, Jesus didn't just say, uh, hey, what's up, little man in the tree? And just walk on. He was very intentional. He stopped, even though it was a crowd, even though he's going to Jerusalem, he stopped and was very Intentional about this conversation, and um, as and as we see in that verse five, he um, not only stops, but uh, look what he says. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today." So Jesus is changing his plan, and he's being very intentional about. Meeting with Zacchaeus. And not only that, but he wants to meet with him right now. He didn't say, Hey Zacchaeus, next week I'm coming back through here. Let's book an appointment. He was very intentional. Zacchaeus, I I can see your heart. I know others, I know others may see a sinful Zacchaeus, a dirty Zacchaeus, a corrupt Zacchaeus, but I see your heart and I want to visit with you right now. And so Jesus is showing us how we should interact with those in need. Jesus is telling us we need to be intentional with our interactions with people. Um, You know, Jesus wasted no time, and we should not waste any time connecting with people as well. So allow those holy distractions uh, to happen and to interrupt your, your life Look beyond, look past the profile, and be intentional with your interactions um, with them. And then the next thing you need to do in verse 6 through 7, we see this, you need to prepare for criticism. You need to be prepared for that criticism. In verse 6 and 7, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to uh, mutter, he has gone to be with the guests of a sinner. So when, whenever, whenever you and I reach out to those who are sort of the, 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 those people who are looked at with disdain, with those people who are looked at in our society as, as dirty and as filthy and it's like, you don't belong in my group, whenever God calls us to go to those people and have that in- intentional interaction, be ready for criticism from people because it very well could come. And, and, and if people <laughs> criticize the Son of God, how much more will people want to criticize you and me for doing that? And so you might be uh, might be might have people say, you know, you're just wasting your time. Why are you worrying with that person? You may have people say, you know, there's nothing good that will come of your life by helping those people. Now, I'm not saying you need to help every single person that comes along your path. That, you know, that is, uh, that, there's no there's no time that, we, that you and I can just do all of that. But if we really listen to the Lord and be watchful for the people that he places in, in our path, then we could reach out to those people, and then we won't be swayed by what, either people, what other people will say in the form of criticism. So don't be swayed by comments from others. They're probably from people who are just envious of your mercy and your trust and obedience. To God, because none of those people in that crowd, none of those people were taking Zacchaeus home. None of those teacher, none of those uh, people were, were going to Zacchaeus' house and, and spending time with Zacchaeus. Jesus, as far as we know in Scripture, was the only one who did that. And so he's showing an example. And so people in your life that are critical of that, they're probably one who are a little bit envious of the fact of what you're doing. And so, not only do we need to prepare for criticism, but we also need to let the results speak for you. Let the results speak uh, for you. Uh, You don't need to explain or defend uh, your actions. Uh, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't explain anything. He allowed, if you notice, he allowed Zacchaeus to do the talking. He allowed the results to speak for themselves. And... While you're in this, uh, in this uh, time of, of connecting with those people who are in need, and you're taking on uh, this relationship, let me, let me tell you something. It's going to be a little messy. It's going to be a little messy. I know some are messier than others, but in this messiness, you're showing love. Love. You're showing the love of Christ. You're showing the love of Jesus. And so even though you you may be criticized by some, it's going to be messy. But understand this, it's not your job to clean it up. It's not your job to clean it up. That's between God the Father and what Jesus wants to do in the life and the heart of those people. Because it's really about the heart. It's really about Jesus getting into the heart. And so it's not your job, it's not my job to clean up other people's lives. It's our job to show the love of Christ. And the light will click on. And Jesus will knock on the door of their hearts. And so our job is to just be obedient and show yourself as a model of Jesus. In in Titus, the book of Titus chapter 2 Verse 7 and 8, it says this, this is Paul's talking, he says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us." So he uses the word teaching. You know, you you teach with your life. I teach with my life. Now, I'm teaching right now, but I teach with my life. You teach with your life, whether you know it or not. And so when Paul says, uh, and in your teaching, put the word life in there. In your life, in your conduct, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech. So Paul is saying we need to be a model of Jesus. I have a model that I really, really like. This is a cool model. Now, for those of you who grew up watching the Dukes of Hazzard and Bowen, Luke, Duke, and, of course, we can't forget about Daisy, (laughs) this General Lee, my brother gave this to me, and and my my son and I finally uh, put it together, and and it's a die-cast model of the original General Lee. And um, even though this isn't the actual General Lee, it's a replica, it's a model, pretty much exact like the General Lee. And just like this is a model of the original, you and I need to be a model of Christ. Now, we are not Christ, we are not God, but we can be a model of Christ by meeting other people's needs through the love of Christ. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, Frank, I can't be perfect. Well, <laughs> for those who know me really well, you know that I'm not perfect. And I'm the same way. We cannot be perfect. And so you might be sitting there thinking, I can never be the love of Christ. Yes, you can. If you have Christ inside you, if you have invited him to be Lord of your life, he will show you how to do that. And even through your mistakes, you can be an example of Christ. In fact, I think... Because of your mistakes and because of my mistakes, we are better equipped to show the love of Christ. But there's something that's different about this car than the actual car. There's something different about this car than the real car. <laughs> those who are laughing, and you know those people who are really Dukes of Hazard fans, Um, the doors don't open in the real car. They're welded shut. I've watched many an episode where Bo and Luke Duke slid across the hood and hopped in this car and they climb in and out of those windows. So even this car is not, I mean, it has some flaws. This is a flaw. Doors opening on the General Lee is a flaw. And so even with the flaws, you could still tell that this is a replica or a model of Jesus Christ. I mean, (laughs) of the General Lee. (laughs) And so, you and I will have flaws. You and I will have flaws in our life, even though we're trying to be like Christ, even though we are a replica or a model of Christ. And so, what I want to encourage you is this. It doesn't matter what you've done you can still be used to meet those in need. And in fact, we're gonna share with you in just a few moments what you can actually do, some practical things that you can do right here in our community, something that's a little messy, but it's good and is showing the love of Christ.
1: I Hope is a nonprofit that seeks to find mentors to come alongside families who have lost their children into defects custody. Region three, which you and I live in, is a six county area we have more children per capita uh, in in the state of georgia in defax custody bartow county right now has about 330 children in dfax custody floyd county has over 420 in ch- dfax custody and what happens is that if something happens in a family or a report is made investigation is done children are taken away from that home and if you can imagine frank with six children those children are going to be probably placed in three different counties because they we don't have enough foster homes here in Bartow for that where rejuvenate hope has demonstrated uh working with over 100 families that those families are reunited with their children much faster 51 days sooner than than families that don't have a mentor for the parents so being a mentor, being a friend, as David was talking about, really, it actually saves tax dollars. It reunites these families quicker. It, it stops some of the drama and torture of having your family separated. Mm. So we're into the mentor-seeking business. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So obviously there's a huge, huge need in our counties and surrounding counties yes. as well. Now, yes. how did you get involved in Rejuvenate Hope?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, I I had a I had a friend who who had thought about doing this, and he said, "No, Tom, but this is just right for you." And I investigated, and it seemed like so. I've done parenting education through barter Family Resources uh, for I guess seven years, and so I know a lot of folks who've been through this this story, who've had this story yeah. in their life, and yeah. uh, so I've worked with a lot of a lot of families of folks from teenage years to grandparents who who've dealt with uh this situation
0: well and how how much uh, positive impact have you have you seen uh, already since you've been a part of rejuvenate hope
1: well it's it's interesting there, there are other testimonies besides david's and you can go to the website rejuvenatehope.org and you can see some of the other things that that parents have said but uh, as uh, i've said something Frank said, messing in other people's lives can be messy, but sometimes uh, when the the state of Georgia has never been known as being a good parent, uh, that's just the way it is. uh, There's bureaucracy, there are rules, there's a judicial system that has certain guidelines, which are somewhat different from defects so the positive results are that people have someone in their lives who looks them in the eye and listens to them and and looks beyond the mess and looks beyond the profile and sees is there something i can do and with the rejuvenate hope we have a little agreement that the mentor and the mentee sign together of time they might spend together times when it's handy to call it's just a positive, like I said, 52 days less time and care. And I've been a CASA for six years, and my child in defective custody probably costs, all of them would cost $100 a day, but sometimes 200 300 400 $500 a day, depending on the facility and the services they were getting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I wanted to do uh, Rejuvenate Hope, and there are some people who would probably want to do Rejuvenate Hope and be a part of this, how are we matched up with a family in need? How does that process work?
1: Okay. There's a lady on our team, Patricia Harris, who actually lives in Atlanta, but she has 10 years experience with DFACS. And she's the person who interviews both uh, the potential mentor and the birth family. So there's a process by which uh, DFACS presents to us a, a a listing of families in each county these folks have a high likelihood of getting their pl- case plan worked if they just have a little help a little a lot of families have not had good strong support from friends and family some of them come from situations where those people are toxic but uh, being able to come alongside them makes a difference looking beyond the profile and what's printed and agreeing to spend time together and talk through just some simple things, maybe three goals that you would set with your birth parent. But the matching process is done by, by interviewing separately, right. and then Patricia would say, okay, this looks like these personalities would work together.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know that it's a very professional organization, and I know there's a training involved. And how, how, much, how, uh, how much time is involved in a training? Kind of what, what does that look like?
1: Well, the training has been longer, but it's, it's recently been reduced to three hours. And I was, so, last Sunday afternoon, I, I sat beside the head of DFACS in Floyd County at a, at a training there. There's videos involved. There's other mentors who are experienced who, who speak. So in three hours, you can get the basic training. You do not have to understand everything about the legal system. You do not have to know all the, the timelines and things like that. You'll, you'll pick those things up along the way. But what our goal is, as individuals, is to come alongside and help them with what we mutually agree as mentors that we can do for them.
0: Yeah, and a last question, Tom, uh, what is the next step? So if there's people out here going, you know, I, I can really do this, what, what do they do? What is the next step, how do they get involved?
1: Okay, well, out, uh, out front, there's, there's a, t- a green table with our, our sign. There's some materials there. The most important thing, if you pick up my card, it has my email address on it. You can email me and say, yes, I would like to know more about this. You can go to the Rejuvenate Hope website and see some, some amount more. But uh, taking a card uh, would be one of the best ways in sending me an email letting me know. I'm interested in knowing what's next. And in fact, I'll
0: even make it even a step, uh, easier. If you got your phone, you can actually uh, text uh, our phone number, and our, uh, if you want to text this number uh, in your phone, I'll say it a couple of times. It's 770-744-1976. So 770-744-1976. If you just say, sign, him, sign me up for hope, just text that. We'll get that. We'll, uh, we'll get you. Make sure you're signed up for Tom. But don't let that be the only way you do that. Uh, you want to see his uh, his table out um, out front. Tom, we so much appreciate everything that you're doing in our community. And hey, let's give Tom a hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Thank man. You sir.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, as we uh, as we uh, you know wrap this up, you know this this is very. Very important in our community. You, you've heard those numbers and, and how devastating it is that the kids are separated from the parents because of a bad choice, because of a lifestyle a parent has chosen. And we look at some of those parents and say, man, those, those people, they don't deserve anything good. Well, that's like Jesus walking down the road and seeing Zacchaeus and saying, man, that, that man doesn't deserve anything good. Well, life can be messy and ministry can be messy. And I want to encourage you to get involved in something like Rejuvenate Hope. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've had uh, conversations, with obviously, with Tom and with others. And the fact that we can work with defects to share Christ with others is huge. That is absolutely essential to spreading hope. Well, as we, uh, as we close out, one of the um, things we noticed at the end of this Of this story, in verse 9 and 10, Jesus said this, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let me ask you a question today. There might be people here sitting here today thinking, You know, I'm I'm not Zacchaeus. You know, I may not be a tax collector. I may not be doing some some incredibly bad things. Maybe you are. Maybe you're kind of known as a certain adjective in your certain circles, in your school, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family. Maybe you're kind of known as that person. You know, maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'm that Zacchaeus. Maybe you're thinking, you know, Frank, I, I may not have be known as that person, but I've got some dark places in my life, and I've never invited the light of Christ to shine through the dark places in my life. And so if you're sitting there thinking, man, you could change my name to Zacchaeus like that, I want to share hope to you today. Jesus had the invitation to Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, I want to come into your house right here, right now, today. And Zacchaeus could have said, you know what, I'm a little busy. I don't want to do that. He never would have had a life change. He never would have had a relationship with Christ. Don't be like that. Jesus could be knocking on the door of your heart right now saying, I love you. I know you've done these things, but I still love you just as you are. Invite me into your life. Invite me to be Lord of your life. Let me take away the the guilt and the shame of your past sin away from you. Let me be the Savior of your life that you need. And so if if you're sitting here today and Jesus is knocking on your heart's door, be like Zacchaeus. Let him in. Invite him into the home of your heart. Invite him into the home of your heart.